I think so so much of the career structure in SEO is it hinges on becoming a team lead or becoming a head of SEO, which then involves people management, which very clearly isn't the case, but it seems to be the norm in a lot of places. So I think it is having those conversations both with people who are currently in the roles that you would like to be in because then you can find out more about whether it applies to you um and then also with the the people that you work with in your current company is that an option for you to take um to not be in people management if not what are the options that you could take in this case um luckily for me I like people management so it's not something that I need to think about right now but um I think if a team were bigger, then I may have to rethink because I can barely organize my own thoughts sometimes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dreading Sundays, episode 16 to be uh, exact. In today's episode, I'm bringing to you from all the way in the UK, Chloe Smith, who is working at Blue Array. But I'll let Chloe introduce themselves. I love awkward, long, weird live intros. This is why people pre-record, right? I think so, probably. <laughs> but we're in episode 16. By now, if listeners have still stuck around, that they, they know Daniel. Daniel's a hot mess and he owns it. <laughs> All right, over to you, Chloe. Why don't you introduce to our lovely listeners who you are, what you do, and why you do what you do? Sure. So I'm Chloe. I'm an SEO manager at Blue Array. Um, I've been in SEO for just over three years now. Um, being at Blu-ray was my first grown-up job after uni, um, so I've been there a while. Um, and before that, I so I graduated with a degree in creative writing. Tried to do freelance copy editing, but it ended up more free than anything else. So found my uh, nice grown-up job here. Um, I'm also a mousy diversity and inclusion advocate. Um, and do not stop talking for that reason. Um, Big advocate for menstrual health, disability inclusion, um, inclusion of queer people and all of that fun stuff as well, mostly because I am disabled and queer. So Let's dig into that. But before we do, how did you uh, end up at Blue Array as your first grown-up gig? I fell into the whole trap of not having enough um, experience to get a job outside of uh, out of uni. So I was I moved back home with my mum and ended up in that cycle that I think a lot of graduates find themselves in, where you're applying for up to fifty jobs a week, trying to find something. And I actually accidentally applied for the SEO exec job at Blu-ray three times because I was doing the classic thing of going through Indeed and then forgetting who I've actually applied to. Um, And I remember in my interview, um, our head of SEO at the time actually said to me, oh, yeah, I've seen your CV a few times, so I thought we'd invite you in. I was like, oh, no, no, what did I do? Um, But they were really nice (laughs) about it. I think they they knew I was keen at that point. (laughs) Three times. So third third time is third time's the charm. Awesome. So what was that first experience like, having never done SEO before, but you have a creative writing background, what were the first few weeks like? I went into it 
knowing that I knew absolutely nothing. So as part of my interview process, we were I was asked to put together a presentation on either canonical tags or featured snippets. Um, I chose featured snippets because I didn't know what the hell a canonical tag was. Um, so I remember my second day, I ended up going to a client audit um, and threw straight in the deep end going into London to sit there and watch my line manager present an audit and I remember writing notes like look up what canonical tags are um so I was quite open with the fact that I didn't know anything um luckily Blu-ray are quite um, not quite good they're very very good at upskilling you quickly um obviously more so now with the um SEO manager qualification they've produced and stuff but those first few weeks it was me learning um I'm a kinetic learner, in not in the way that people expect, but I learn better by taking information and then writing it down physically. And that's how I kind of retain stuff. And my line manager was finding it endlessly hilarious that I had this like electric thing in front of me that would take all of my notes and save it forever. And instead, I filled an entire notebook in two weeks just full of notes. Um, but it was fun. And I still learn like that. It's great. Awesome. Uh, it took me a while, actually, to fully wrap my head around a canonical tag. Like the first year, I still didn't really. Now I do, and I don't know why it was so difficult to understand, but I remember that first year, it was just absorbing a lot of stuff, but not quite understanding how it fit. So if you yeah. were to go back three years, when you first began, what would the Chloe today want to tell the Chloe back then? You're never going to know everything. Stop trying, I think, is probably the best bit of advice. Um, I wanted to catch up with my peers who at, at some points had been in there for well over a year at that point, And I felt that I wasn't matching up very well with their knowledge. But now that I, now I know, it's no one knows everything all the time. It's better to ask questions. There are no silly questions to ask. Um, yeah, I still don't know everything and that's okay I'm telling myself uncertainly <laughs> same here i mean i just got off on a call like after hours from developers asking me if we put this line in robots txt will it break things and i'm like uh, on the spot uh, I, I i don't know i need to check <laughs> it's those on the spot questions isn't it that uh, you need to be able to say, I don't know. I had a situation yesterday with a client where they asked me something and I could have made up an answer. I could have just completely bullshit my way through. But I was like, to be totally honest with you, I don't know. I will go and check and I'll email you. Good answer. And I remember when I was still team lead back at the agency before, that was one of my onboarding videos is let juniors or execs know that they don't have to know everything and it's better to say i don't know but i will find out than to make up a bullshit answer and use jargon to sound like you know stuff when you don't oh hell yeah we've uh, all been there love, especially around technical uh, yeah. seo <laughs> i but I, I also then come up with phrases that sound like jargon that aren't so I was talking with a client um, about some EAT stuff and I was like, oh, this could be a trust flag. And they went, is that jargon? I went, no, I just made that up on the spot, but it makes sense. <laughs> the trust flag. I like it. 
<laughs> you heard it first here. Yep. So from a exec role, senior exec, according to your LinkedIn, because I have it open, to SEO manager in three short years, that that's quite impressive, given there are a lot of people at Blue Array. And for listeners who don't know, Blue Array does have the most amazing courses out there as well. So I would like to assume that internally there's a lot of support as well. But can you walk us through, also this is kind of going into where you said you have disability or disabilities. How did that all kind of come together for you? So turns out I can't use LinkedIn. So the first, I actually started as an SEO exec and then was promoted to senior exec, but I didn't know how <laughs> to do the promotion thing. So it was it was exec, senior exec, then manager, but I'm just a mug. <laughs> but in terms of moving up, I was in the unfortunate position that I was getting close to moving from that exec role to the senior exec role just as the pandemic hit. So I was put on furlough for on and off for about six months. Some of that was part-time and I came back to support on some bigger projects, but a lot of it was just, I was full-time at home doing nothing. Um, That's where the SEO manager course came in quite a bit. So us juniors who were furloughed ended up doing the SEO manager course. I, I allocated myself two hours first thing in the morning for a few weeks just to do it so that I kept that kind of routine of getting up and doing something. And it meant that when I came back full time, I had that extra knowledge that then a month later I was interviewing for a manager role, was put in the senior exec role with the ability to then move up within six months. So that was really, really nice. I have had, in terms of a disability perspective, I have had concerns, but like my my line management tree has always been quite open with the fact that the fact that I'm sick doesn't shouldn't impact my progression and it doesn't um I had a really vulnerable moment last March um where my chronic pain was at its absolute worst and I was worried that it was impacting my um ability to do my job well had um a conversation with my line manager Ben and laid it all out in the open I was like I'm worried that I'm too sick I'm needing time off more frequently I'm having to take stronger painkillers that in sometimes a high stakes role isn't advised what do we do and we had a conversation that involved me him and our HR manager to kind of get a game plan there and it made me feel like right this isn't something that's going to stop how I progress this isn't going to impact that as much as I thought it would but there's still those concerns there um so I had an operation last June which helped a bit but I'm still quite unwell so there's always that in the back of my mind but I think the key is talking about it and actually voicing those fears because for the most part you're just going to be told oh that doesn't matter it's fine we're we're going to work around it we don't care or they they care but not in the way that you think they do and that's when you know you have a good leadership team. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, before you had that conversation, walk us through what you were fearing. I So at that point, I was a senior SEO exec. 
I was managing a few accounts on my own and then was also working like mentoring a junior employee who's now my direct report and at that point I just like so my now direct report had just started that month I was feeling a little bit of pressure um and I think I had a really really bad week where I could barely get out of bed um I was working from my bed or I was taking the time off sick and I was mostly worried that where I'd given myself that six month span where I wanted to go from senior exec to manager setting that goal for myself I was worried that not that I wasn't going to achieve it in that time but that I wasn't going to achieve it at all and even though I know that that was irrational and even though it might not have taken that time I would have got there it was still that fear and it's kind of immobilizing a little bit how did you overcome that fear talking I was talking to everyone like not necessarily just in my management tree but my co-workers my partner my mum because we have the same condition so she's been through a similar thing although she's now a small business owner and is loving it because she's got that flexibility um genuinely just voicing those fears because it made them seem more valid I think by actually speaking them aloud um and even though they were irrational they were still valid great response and and thank you so much for sharing your experience with us Chloe let's move on to DEI was that something I I feel strongly about as well what does it mean to you and as an advocate what does that mean for me it does it on a surface level it means seeing people like me in positions that I want to be in what it means and what I believe in it is as a broader term is everyone seeing people like them in positions that they want to be in and I think that's so such an important thing to remember because while to like, to you and to I, uh, to me, like D and I means different things, it still has this overarching meaning that kind of gets lost sometimes when we talk about Pride Month and then we talk about Black History Month, Disability Pride Month, all of these things. It's almost like people just want to focus on one at a time as opposed to like all of these intersect- intersections that... Um, DE and I have so I want to see the queer disabled people I want to see black queer people and um, South Asian disabled people and all of these things like all of these weird intersections of DE and I that maybe aren't spoken about as much 100% as someone who you know is Chinese like me it is rare to see someone like me who may or may not have an accent that's westernized in roles that I want. And, you know, growing up, that was difficult. And still today, you know, I guess I've gotten over it or, yeah, I guess I would say I've gotten over it, but that's not necessarily a good thing. It's just I've gotten used to not seeing people who look like me with a background like mine in positions that I want. And that's why it's so important for me to amplify voices who are similar to mine and from other cultures and from other intersects of life. In our industry, 
where, I mean, apart from conference speakers, where else can DE and I have a better understanding and integration into the work- workforce? I think on a, a smaller scale, talking about agencies and in-house roles as well, seeing um, misrep- uh, underrepresented groups in those higher positions. So um, our senior leadership team at Blu-ray, for example, it's predominantly women, um, which is is amazing to see. So um, International Women's Day, we had um, a, a panel of our female leadership team getting stuck in answering questions that a lot of us have submitted to find out how they've got to where they are. And we're now starting to do that for more things as well. So we had one recently for Men's Health Week where we had quite a few of the uh, amazing men that we work with then being very, very candid about their mental health and physical health and talking about things that maybe aren't discussed. And then we're also doing an LGBTQIA plus panel um, in September, which coincides with Pride here, um, so in Reading, because they tend to have them in loads of different months. But I think aside from conference speakers, it's people elevating others in the industry. So I think um, Aleda does a great job of that. Um, Chima as well with the um, FCDC and get the letters in the right order. Um, And I think doing that, even a quick retweet, for example, is sometimes all it needs to help diversify the workforce a little bit more. Indeed. I love your response to that. I guess I want to spend the final part of this episode understanding what the difference in your opinion and experience is between an SEO manager and a senior exec without having to do the blue array course, which people should do. They should do. Um, (laughs) I think sometimes job titles are a bit weird because in some agencies, a senior exec may do the job of what a manager does at blue array just without that name in the title. Um, for us, it's more of an indication of line management as opposed to client management. So senior execs will take on up to four clients at a time, but will manage them themselves. Whereas a manager may have up to five clients, but also then an exec to manage. Um, I currently manage a senior exec, humble brag. Um, But I do think that sometimes having those job titles help. So where I may do the same job as a a senior SEO exec at another agency, the fact that I have manager in my title then indicates, oh, they're at least on a mid-level role. Whereas when you've got executive in the name, at least in this industry, it then indicates that you're a junior which does not help. Um, But yeah, the main difference for me was line management, which was my first time. And I was quite scared, but it seems to have gone well. (laughs) Apart from, you know, the obvious answer of soft skills, 
how did you approach and learn and adopt how to, in quotation marks, manage someone? I learned from the good managers that I've had in the past. Um, so that that was also like the part-time jobs I had when I was in uni. So I worked in a cafe and before, like at that point I hadn't been diagnosed yet and was taking a lot of time off. The company that I worked for's um, underlying health condition policy did not include people who weren't yet diagnosed. So I was getting written up quite a bit for sickness and my line manager there went cool so if you're sick we'll put it through as unpaid leave so you don't get flagged and then we can change it once you're diagnosed so things like that even outside of SEO have had a huge impact on how I line manage um I'm, I'm very quick to say screw the deadlines if you're not well you're not well if you're not feeling good then just take the time because it's better that you're all right than um work getting done I need to take that advice myself sometimes it is a lot of do as I say not as I do because I'm not the best example of it but I think learning from my previous line managers and then also some of it is just basic human decency if if someone wants to talk about an issue that they're having then you sit there you listen and you offer insight if it's asked for if it's not asked for then you sit and listen so some of it's that too I think oh yeah I think uh, anyone who has worked in their life before will recall a line manager or a boss who was terrible so don't be that mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I love what Simon and Kim have done at Blue Array and I was going to have a question but in typical Dan style I've forgotten Awkward pause. Fill a music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just roll with it. Um, it's fine. It had to do with, oh, yes. Oh, no, I lost it again. But here's another question. <laughs> Go on. No edits. Um, when it comes to client management and then also becoming a really good SEO and then being a manager or line manager if you don't feel as though you are great or feel comfortable with leadership or management what options exist in from your experience how could someone also grow in their career if they don't necessarily want to take on that management role i think sometimes it's more lateral moves as opposed to progression um so there are instances where you could end up in a strategist or a consultancy role that sometimes don't involve line management. I think as well, it's it's being open about what you want out of your career. So if you try if, if you try line management and it's not really your thing, then discuss with your own line manager what your options are outside of that. Um, I think so. So much of the career structure in SEO is it hinges on becoming a team lead or becoming a head of SEO which then involves people management which very clearly isn't the case but it seems to be the norm in a lot of places so I think it is having those conversations both with people who are currently in the roles that you would like to be in because then you can find out more about whether it applies to you um, 
and then also with the, the people that you work with in your current company is that an option for you to take um to not be in people management if not what are the options that you could take in this case um luckily for me i like people management so it's not something that i need to think about right now but um I think if a team were bigger, then I may have to rethink because I can barely organize my own thoughts sometimes. <laughs> so I guess the underlying theme, again, coming back to the very beginning is it's about having an open dialogue with your team and with your superiors so that you know where you stand and they know where you stand and then you can have a conversation together to map out what are the opportunities in the future. Yeah, I'm a big supporter of radical honesty, whether that's uh, time tracking and you're working overtime and you're going to track every hour you work or with the people that you work with about issues you're having um, and all of that kind of stuff. I think the key to unlocking a lot of these issues is having an open channel of communication. Okay, so from that, I want to touch upon menstrual health. Me being a typical guy, I don't really know much about. So if the listener has an experience and they don't feel comfortable raising it with their line manager or leadership, what advice do you have to give them? So I spoke about this at Brighton SEO in April, a shameless plug. Um, and I actually had someone come up to me after and ask me almost this exact question because it was a group of young women who had a male line manager who wasn't really receptive to discussions like this. And I think talking to other people at your level, if, for example, you have the same line manager and you're all experiencing the same issues, is probably your first port of call here. And then if, for example, your line manager is not someone that you feel comfortable speaking to, is there someone in HR? Is your line manager's line manager open to talking about these things? It's finding, almost finding your people in your company um, and finding the loudmouths like me who aren't like ashamed to talk about these things. Obviously, there should be no shame, but I... I have endometriosis, my literal, well, not my literal, this tissue like my womb lining that is growing on my other organs. I'm not going to stop talking about it just because it's to do with my uterus. So find the people who aren't, aren't scared to talk about it if you are and create this dialogue, even if it's just around your line manager that hopefully involves HR um, I started that at Blu-ray and we have a menstrual and menopause leave policy now that encourages people to like having mental health days, taking the time if you need it with no questions asked. You just just say, I need an MH day. That could be mental health or menstrual health. You never know. But it's still you being open about those conversations without being open, if it makes sense. No, 100%. And... Once again, thank you for sharing your story. That was very, very insightful and actionable at the same time. I guess we're at the tail end of the conversation. So over to you, Chloe. Anything else you want to plug? I mean, yes, Brighton SEO speaker and SEO manager. What else? Where can people uh, connect with you? 
Twitter, well, you can, not you can LinkedIn. Find me. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Chloe Ivy Rose SEO. Um, I'm much more interesting on Twitter than I am on LinkedIn because controversially, I absolutely <laughs> hate LinkedIn. Um, Twitter is probably the best place. I do tweet about SEO on occasion, but it is mostly shit posts complaining about my period um, or complaining about writing because, uh, you know, I hate myself enough to be editing one book, writing another and plotting another. So that's always fun. <laughs> so you're still writing? I am. I've So I finished one in January. I am drafting another one that I started in April. I'm also still editing the one from January. And now I have an idea for another one that has a half of a plot. So we're doing something. <laughs> <laughs> Half of a plot. That's better than most movies. Yeah. What genre, if I dare ask? Uh, so the first one, the one that I'm editing, is um, fantasy, obviously queer. Um, the one that I'm writing at the moment, though, is a rehash of my dissertation, which was a 520-line-long poem, because creative writing degree. Um, so I'm reworking that as a dual perspective uh can see you laughing um it's a dual perspective contemporary novel which is kind of sad but i love it um and the other one is queer fantasy again but it's like bonnie and clyde if there were dragons so that's fun that's awesome (laughs) fantastic well thank you once again for your time chloe sharing your experiences and leading into your vulnerability i love it and i'm all for it so there we go. Yeah, thank I hope you. this was fun. It was. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. <laughs> All right, folks, that's a wrap. Uh, thank you for listening to the very end of episode 16 of Dreading Sundays, and I will catch you in the next episode.